Um, I'm going to read from Psalm 67 today. Um, um, obviously, for the sake of, of time, this will be um, much truncated from uh, typical, typical Sundays, but um, Psalm 67, uh, verses 1 through 7 is God's word. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your ways be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. This is God's word. Um, Just two things. Uh, The the first thing, we are spiritually and materially blessed um, to be a blessing to the nations. We're we're spiritually, materially blessed uh, for the sake of the nations. Um, you look in verse 1 and 2, may God be gracious to us and bless us, make his face shine upon us. Okay, this is the Aaronic benediction from Numbers, the priestly benediction. That your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. There is, in verses 1 and 2, uh, simply put, there is a desire and there's a duty. Okay, the desire is God bless us. We want to be blessed by you. That's the desire. The duty then is after we're blessed so that uh, we might be used to make your salvation known among all nations. Okay, it is uh, completely right and proper to ask for the blessing of God in our lives. God, that you would bless me with health, that you would bless me with um, riches, that you would bless me with uh, friends, that you would bless me with family. But he never says the blessing is for the sake of us simply being happy with it. And I think that's why a lot of us ask for the blessing of God is so that our lives might be a little bit more comfortable. But God says here, the reason and the purpose for the blessing of God in our lives is so that we would turn around and make his ways known on the earth. We are blessed in order that we might take the blessing for the sake of the nations. We see this all, you see this throughout the world, but I saw this in in the place where I was at where these people have given up, like literally given up everything in order to be in this seminary, to be in these, these house churches. And, and to some of these folks in the seminary, as, as their lives are at risk, I asked them, why do you do this? Um, and, you know, I knew in a sense why they did it, but I asked them, why do you stay when the pressure is so high? And they said, for us, it's, we don't feel like we're suffering. We don't feel like we're suffering. We have a duty and a responsibility to the nations because of what we have received. It is not suffering because we have received such a bountiful spiritual feast. And they realize that they have been blessed for the sake of the nations. And so this is not a sacrifice for them to be there. I I think a lot of times the reason why, as I was thinking about this myself, why do I not take the blessing of God and use it for the sake of the nations? Why am I so, I've been blessed beyond measure. And most of us have been blessed beyond measure. If you're a child of God, you have been blessed in a way that, that not everyone in this earth has, that people would literally give their lives. Suicide bombers for, who are Islamic will give their lives in order to have what we have. The, the, the hope and the security and the forgiveness of sins, we have these things, yet why is it that I'm so hesitant to give everything I am for the sake of the nations? 
I think a lot of it is because I don't realize everything that I have. I don't realize all that I've been blessed with. When I, I went to China and before I left, I said to, I told Manny I was going to China. I was going to be gone for a week. And, and I said, what do, you, what do you want dad to bring you from China? She could have asked for anything. She could have asked. I mean, I, I couldn't have given her anything, but she could have asked for anything. And if she was smarter, she could ask for the Great Wall of China. She could ask for Yao Ming. She asked for Jeremy Lin Jersey. She didn't ask for any of those things. She, you know what she asked me for? She said cookies. <laughs> I was thinking, I could go to Publix and get you cookies. I said, that's all you want, cookies? And she said, no, no, pink cookies. I said, okay, I'll bring you pink cookies. I think her problem is that she had no idea. I'm not a rich man, but I'm a lot richer than just bringing back pink cookies. And she had no idea how much she has. And that's our problem also, that we so often fail to realize all that we've been given in Christ. And when we don't realize that, we don't want to share that with other people. Okay, when we're so filled with, uh, when we, we don't see all that we have, and we don't want to give that out to other people. And so that's why he says in verse 1, may God be gracious and bless us and all this stuff. And then it says this little word in, 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 in italic, selah. And it's untranslatable, but typically people say that this means let's take a pause and to reflect and to think about what has just come prior. They say here, a lot of us don't understand how much we've been blessed. That's why we don't live to make his salvation known amongst the nations. But, but understand that God has been gracious and blessed and made his face to shine upon us. So rest in that truth and, and sit in it and soak in it and bathe in it until it drives you to go forth. And so often we don't go, we don't use our spiritual blessing for the sake of making his salvation known amongst the nations because we don't realize all that we have. But I think another reason why we don't do this is because we have too much. See, when we have too much, it keeps us from seeing the things that really matter in life. You ever notice that the more you have, the more you want? And the more you have, the less thankful you are. You ever have a great, 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 great year and then Thanksgiving rolls around and, and sometimes it's hard to think about the things to be thankful for and yet you have a crummy year where you lose a bunch of stuff and, and you are easily, easily able to rattle off a list of things for which you're thankful for. And sometimes we have so much that we're distracted from seeing all that God has given to us. So our daughter, she, growing up, um, we would only let her watch TV on certain occasions. Her favorite show was a show called Yo Gabba Gabba, and she was in love with it. She lived and breathed and died and everything Yo Gabba Gabba. There was this one pink character named Fufa, and she was in love with her. And so she was gifted as a birthday gift, this pink Fufa doll, and she loved it. And, and then her uncles and, and aunt bought her all these other Fufa dolls, Broby and Muno and Plex and, and all these other people, and she put them on her bed and, and sat with them and slept with them and got so excited. She would ask us to turn it on and, and we would get it on, on, on Bright House On Demand and it would come on and she'd be so excited and she would sing and dance and because they only have like four shows, she had memorized everything and she's, she, she knows all the lines before you even say it. And then something happened along the way. Um, Olivia said, oh, that's all she watches. And she has to watch something else. And so we, we kind of tried to get her um, out of this brainwashed state of mind. And, and hey, here's Disney, Mickey Mouse, and Pluto. And, and, and so she, she started watching that, and she thought this was really cool. And, and then all of a sudden, it was on to Olivia the Pig, and then to Secret Agent Oso, and, and all of these other things. And, and in time, Fufa and Muno and Broby and Plex began to fall by the way. So yeah, she still loved them. They still sit on her bed. 
but it's not quite the way that it used to be because she has so much now. And I think that's how it is sometimes with the blessing of God and Jesus in our lives. Is that we've got Jesus and at one point he was everything that we had and that's all we needed. And we talked about him and we thought about him and we prayed and we did all of these things. And then in time, boys, girls, iPads, iPods, gadgets, all of these different things, uh, TV shows and, and movies and, and all the stuff of life begins to crowd over us. And, and all of a sudden we don't realize we've got so much stuff that we don't realize the treasure and how much we've been blessed. So we don't want to give everything we are for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of making him known amongst the nations. The psalmist is saying, look, you have been blessed. And the reason you have been blessed is so that you could take these things and proclaim the greatness of God to a people who don't know who he is. That you are spiritually blessed for that reason. And then the second thing, if you look in verse 6, then the land will yield its harvest and God or God will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. Here's what he's saying. The material blessings that we have been given Verse 6, it, it kind of paints this picture of harvest time. And the guy's looking out over his harvest and all that God has blessed him with. And he's thanking God for the blessing. He's thanking God for allowing the land to yield its harvest. He is, everyone knows that when the harvest time comes, he is complete. We, are, we can't do that ourselves. It is a, at the complete mercy of God. And he recognizes, the psalmist recognizes everything that he has been given. And he says, God, you have blessed us and all the ends of the earth will fear you. God, I, it's not like he's sitting down at, at his table at the end and saying, God, thank you for this food. I'm going to enjoy it. Amen. That's not it. He's saying, God, thank you for all that you've given to me. Use this, leverage this, take all of these things so that others, people uh, from the ends of the earth will come to know who you are. As we've been blessed materially with the things that we have, not just so that we can, we can get our new Dre Beats headphones or so we can get our, our, our new toys or we can get these, this, this new set of clothes that we don't even need. That's not why God's blessed us financially, materially. It's for so much more than that. For so much more than that. So we take $100 that we have that we could have used to, to buy our, our, these new Jordans, and we, we don't really need them, but we just want them to add to our collection, right? And we take this money and we say, you know what? There's someone who wants to go to missions, someone who wants to take the gospel, that maybe through his little testimony that, that someone's going to come to know Christ, and could it be that, that God has blessed us materially for something more than for us just to get another thing to put in our closet or for another thing to put on our entertainment system? And Piper says that there's enough financial resources, material blessing within the church to send out enough Christ-centered, joy-seeking, sacrificial servants so that the ends of the earth would be reached for the gospel of Christ. But we hold on to these things. The psalmist says, hey, the reason why we're blessed spiritually, materially is for the sake of the nations. That's the first thing. Second thing, if you look in verses three through, uh, three through five, the songs of salvation is for all nations. Okay, the songs of salvation are for every nation. It's for all nations. Okay, not just the good ones, not just the nice ones, not just the rich ones, not just the ones that we live in or the teams that we cheer for their World Cup team. It's not just them. It's for every nation. That's, the, that's a constant refrain and witness throughout the Psalms. We all know how powerful music is. We talk about that a lot. King Saul, when he was tormented by demons, 
He called David simply to play the harp and these demons would flee because that's the power of music. You know the power of music that even those of us who who have a, a very hard time singing in key We'll love to sing in the shower or in the bathroom in our car in the privacy of our own home. We love to sing because music is powerful. There's something about it that speaks our soul. There's something deeply engaging and powerful about music. And the songs that we sing, whenever there's a song that we like, ever have this experience where you get this new CD and you're like the first one to get it. And you just, want to, you just want to tell everybody that you got it and you want to tell everybody that you found the coolest hip new song. And so you put it either on, on, on Facebook or you put it on somewhere. You tell all your friends, oh my gosh, I got this and I'm going to send it to you and, and listen to this song. You say, what do you think about this song? And they listen to it and you're just waiting for them to say, yeah, that was awesome. And, and they look at you and they're like, oh, this is all right. You ever experience that? And, and all of a sudden this is like this major letdown. Because you want people, if you've got a song to sing and you think it's an amazing song, you want others to share it because that's part of the delight of praise is sharing this with other people and allowing them to experience that same kind of praise. Okay, here's what the psalmist is saying. The song of salvation was meant to be sung by every nation. Okay, here, here, may the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. When we were walking through the streets of China, we would hear Adele, we would hear Usher, we would hear all these different people playing their songs. But what about the songs that really matter? The songs that really speak about what we were made to do? The songs that unlock and open up in the hearts of people the very songs that we were meant to sing, apart from which we won't find uh, joy and life and peace. And one of these, these seminary classes that we were in, um, for fear of, of being found out, for nine weeks they couldn't sing. Can you imagine learning all of these things about God? You hear a message and the next thing you want to do is just to sing those songs, but for nine weeks they're learning all of this stuff, but they can't sing. And they're stifled in it, and, they're, and they say their souls are drying up because they can't sing. Because we were meant to be a singing people, and the people of God are above all. That's what we are. We are a praising, worshiping, singing kind of people. And we give what we have in order that others might come to know that worship. I think about that, that girl who's got cancer. She's like, for as long as I live, I want to declare the praises of God. That, that prayer meeting that we're at, as we're... You know, people go to China for missions, right? A mission field, but now they're a missions force. They're praying as, as we go in those prayer meetings. Every week they, uh, they take a different country in the Middle East. And because of the, the size of, of China, right, it's a huge nation, and it borders all of these Middle Eastern countries. And these people are crazy. They've counted the cost. They have high theology. They're willing to die for the gospel. Right? These are the people who are going to take and, and just break open the 1040 window for the sake of Christ. And they pray, about, they pray about the Middle East, and they're praying for the lost, and they're praying for the nations. And the way that, it's amazing, the way that, we, that, that I talk about, that we talk about, you go to a foreign mission field, and you talk about, oh my gosh, these people are so passionate, they're willing to die. The Chinese people are talking about the people of Pakistan, the believers in that way. They're like, oh my gosh, our faith is so shallow compared to the people of the Middle East. And I think about it, where are we? And how far back are we when it comes to really living out our faith so that others might come to know Christ? 
what are we doing? And he just asked in a personal way, what are you and I doing in order that the songs of salvation that we sing could reach the nations of the earth? What is the cost to us? And what have we given? And what are we doing in order that Jesus might be proclaimed to the ends of the earth? We have been given so much. We have been given so much. And he's calling us to move forward, right? to go forth. Now, and you know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about James and Lauren and their family and how they're um, uprooting their three children, elementary school and, be, and, and younger, going to a completely different land, a foreign place, so that more people could be reached for the sake of the gospel. When I think about people who are out there doing it and, and living it in the ways that, that, that they're doing it. What does it look like for us to do that as recipients of so much blessing, spiritually, materially? We have been given an amazing call, a duty, a responsibility to the nations to take what we've been given. The same way that in verse 6, the farmer looks out at the harvest and says, God, for the sake of your kingdom, we go. Many years later, Jesus Christ would do the same thing, and he would look out at his people, and he would say these words that are so familiar to us. He said, my friends, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest then to send out workers into the harvest field. And these disciples did that. They prayed for the, for the lost. They prayed for the harvest, and then they went. And just a couple... Years later, they would see what Jesus meant. How will the gospel be reached amongst the nations, be taken the nations? How will the nations come to bow at the feet of God, the just and righteous judge? It's because Christ Jesus himself would go and would do what none of us would do. He is, John 12, 24, the kernel of wheat that fell to the ground and died so that the nations would be blessed, so that we would be blessed, so that we might be brought into the family of God. See, the mission's mandate is not about how much we can sacrifice. It's not about our sacrifice. It's about Christ's sacrifice for us. It's not about how much we can do. It's about all that he has done for us. It's not about us saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to change the world. It's about him coming and having changed us so that we can go out into the world. It always begins with him. Indeed, the harvest is plentiful and he's calling us to go so that the nations would sing the song of salvation. Let's pray. Let's uh, pray to the Lord as we respond to his word. On many different layers, the Lord may be calling us to respond. Maybe uh, some of us, maybe he's telling us to let go of some of the material things that we've got. I think about some of the folks that I met and literally um, they echo the words of Peter. He says, Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. And maybe as a symbol of everything, God's calling us to surrender something to him. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a possession. Maybe it's an ambition. And he's saying, would you surrender that so that you could go forth to the nation? Maybe it's material provision. Maybe it's some finances. I don't know. Maybe for others of us, God has been pressing on our hearts 
that what we've been given is too big to keep to ourselves and too good to keep to ourselves. These songs must be shared and must be proclaimed amongst the nations. How is God calling us to respond? Let's take a few moments just to respond in our own ways. You can pray out loud if you want. You can pray quietly. But we have been blessed, not just for ourselves, but primarily we have been blessed so that others amongst the nations might praise the name of Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Let's spend a few moments responding to his word, and then I'll pray for us, and then we'll continue in our offerings and songs. Let's pray. sometimes our hearts are heavy when we think about the songs that are being proclaimed throughout the ends of the earth songs that glorify idolatry that glorify violence that glorify false love and intimacy that glorify money and things that do not satisfy God our our hearts are, are convicted and challenged that we cannot simply sit and allow these destructive songs to be sung throughout the ends of the earth when the one song that gives hope and life to the nations has been entrusted to us as a deposit. Father, you've given us the song of salvation, the praise and the worship to do the thing that we were made to do, to do the thing that every human being on every continent and every nation and every people have been called to do, and that is to declare your praises and your wonder, but that's what we were made to do. And Lord Jesus, so many are lifting up false songs with truths that are not true and lyrics that are destructive. Father, we pray that you would challenge us because it's not just out there, it's right here. It's in our midst, it's in our families, it's amongst our friends, it's in our schools, it's in our our homes. Father, we pray that you would help us to pray and to give and to go so that Jesus, we could leverage all that you have given to us so that one more, two more, three more, five more, a hundred more people could come to know you, Jesus, and to sing the song that truly satisfies our soul. We thank you so much. We need you as we give our offerings to you. Convict and challenge us to know that this goes forth to do the work of God amongst those who need you. We thank you. We love you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.